All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird and Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. Welcome to Invest Wisely, a half hour dedicated to how to invest in the stock market the right way with Walt Secura, managing partner of the AKW Group here in Akron. The AKW Group invests their clients' monies in individually owned stocks in custom-made portfolios designed for their particular needs and interests. If you have any questions about the market or how to invest or about particular stocks this half hour, call us at 330-673-1234 or toll-free 800-669-4100 and talk to Walt Secura about your investment concerns. Well, Walt, the stock market, as everybody knows, does not like uncertainty, unrest. And unfortunately, we've been giving a double and triple dose of such unrest this uh, uh, past couple of months. Now we have... uh, Wars in Ukraine, wars in the Middle East, concerns about inflation, interest rates, all that unrest is really coming home to roost as the market is uh, once again showing that it doesn't like unrest and is uh, kind of retreating into the the abyss, if you will. That's for sure, Bob. Yeah, the the market doesn't like uncertainty. And uh, there's there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of fear. You know, we continue to climb this wall worry. Um, and again, you know, just kind of looking at last week, um, you know, the uncertainty, as you said, of what's going on over in the Middle East and, you know, where that conflict might lead. Um, the Federal Reserve continues to talk out there. and uh, You know, the economic data is very mixed uh, as far as earnings reports. You know, we're starting to see some, you know, how companies are faring over the past three months compared to that period last year. And there's been some good reports and there's been some bad reports. So, yeah, for the week, you know, what we saw was that the markets retreated quite a bit. We saw the uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average lose 543 points. We now sit at 33,127. Uh, we went negative for the year on the Dow, so negative 1.6%. Um, after that week, we're, we're at negative 0.1% year to date. The broader index, the S&P 500 index, lost 103 points. It was a loss of 2.4% for the week. And that returns come down quite a bit. We're at about 10% on the market cap weighted S&P index. And, and interesting enough, if you look a little farther at that, Bob, and you look at an equal weighted index, if you took those 500 stocks and you actually looked, gave them an equal weight, we'd be down 2.8%. So, you know, the, the broader market hasn't done that well. The NASDAQ lost 3.2%, 423-point drop last week. Year-to-date, that NASDAQ still sits up 24.1%, and a lot of that has to do with some of those large-cap tech stocks uh, that had such a great rebound this year. And then the Russell 2000, those small mid-cap stocks continue to struggle. Last week, they were off 2.3%. 
And year to date, we're now down 4.6%. So a lot of the gains we had early in the year, we're starting to lose a little bit of them here at the end of the year, Bob. And, you know, a lot of work to be done as we finish out the year heading to next year. Now, we had some good news in September because they say retail sales were uh, strong in that month. So you figure that might be a good thing, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, though, that made the Federal Reserve think about that they haven't tightened the economy enough to slow it down. On the other hand, existing home sales fell to a 13-year low in September. Well, housing starts uh, came back from recent lows, but still, building permits are falling. So, you know, why can the Federal Reserve sit back and look at one thing and say, well, we're not tightening enough within another sector where interest rates are vitally important. They can see the results of what they've been doing. Well, that's exactly the case, Bob. It's kind of split. You know, the data keeps coming in. It's confusing. Um, consumers continue to spend. As you said, the retail sales grew 0.7%, more than doubling the forecast that were out there in August growth was actually revised up to 0.8%. So uh, as they continue to kind of sort through and clean that data, um, initial jobless claims fell about 200,000. But again, as you said, on the home side, uh, interest rates are, are bouncing higher. We, we see mortgage rates now nearing 8%. Uh, demand is starting to really, really slow down. And, and you know, we're starting to see some softness there. So uh, the Federal Reserve is going to have its challenges uh, looking at the data and trying to decide what to do as, as we go forward. And, of course, talking about the Fred, uh, Jerome Powell, who was the central bank chairman, was at the Economic Club of New York last week. He took part in a question-and-answer session following his speech. And, again, it appears the Fed is continuing its battle against inflation, against what they consider a more, a more strongly uh, rebounding economy than, than they expected. So looking at that with Federal Reserve rates, continuing to be high, uh, bond yields are starting to close in on that. Last week, we uh, touched on the 10-year Treasury, the magic 5% mark for a bit, 5% on the 10-year Treasury uh, notes, the 10 bonds that they've been selling. Is that 5% some kind of magic number out there, Walt, or is that uh, a key to what the economy might be doing? I think it's concerning. You know, you got to go back to uh, 2007, I think, to find that level. Uh, the last time we hit it. And, and again, I don't think it's so much the rate. It's how quick we got there, uh, Bob. You know, the rates have, as we said, you know, the last year, year and a half, all we've been talking about is, you know, this uh, Fed that fell behind the curve. You know, they they weren't as diligent, uh, you know, raising rates when they should. And, and they had to, you know, kind of go on a straight line up, you know, these increases, increases, increases. And now, uh, you know, we're starting to see the bond market really kind of catch up with what the Fed's saying. You know, for a long time, uh, the bond market, you know, you looked at that 10-year rate, it was lower uh, than that 5% mark. I mean, we were in the three and a halves and fours. But I think the bond market's starting to realize that this, you know, these rates may sit higher for longer than anticipated. And now the bond market's starting to catch up with where the Fed has been. So, it's going to be a battle, and again, these interest rates are really important to uh, the economy and, and to growth, so we'll have to see where, where we head as we go into next year. And of course, as the bond market strengthens and those 5% rates for 10 years look pretty attractive, it sucks money away from the equities, and uh, that's why the equities are one of the reasons why they're dropping now. So I don't know, does that kind of make this a good buying opportunity for equities? Uh, it, it does, Bob. I mean, I think there's opportunity out there selectively. I don't think the overall market is super attractive. But again, we, we focus on the individual stocks and, you know, we see some issues out there that are very, very attractive. And, and as you said, there is some opportunity for bonds as well, 5%. I mean, people that are long-term investors, 
uh, locking in some 5% rates on safe money on, on that allocation that should be towards uh, fixed income. Those are pretty good rates to lock in. So I think there's a lot of uh, opportunities for investors to kind of build out portfolios uh, as we look forward today. Now, time now for the Trends and Insights section of the program, where Walt, who does an incredible amount of research every week, can give us some uh, some little tips here and, and uh, factoids, if you will, that may or may not have an impact on the economy today or, or tomorrow. Halloween is coming, of course, and this year it appears to be a battle between Spider-Man versus Barbie. Oh, get him, Spider-Man. <laughs> Over two and a half million kids plan to dress as Spider-Man, two million as their favorite teenage princess, and one and a half million as some kind of a ghost, according to a National Retail Federation survey. Yeah, we see $12.2 billion being spent this Halloween, Bob, a, a good amount of it on costumes. Um, Americans will spend about $100 for $108.24 for costumes, which will make up about a third of the Halloween spending. The rest, uh, you know, comes from candy and, and, other, and other expenditures, you know, all the decorations and things to put out so 12.2 billion is a big uh, big holiday and it leads us towards the other holidays uh, here at the end of the year with uh you know thanksgiving and christmas so really important time for retailers and again for those who are looking for your favorite costume <laughs> i haven't decided yet whether to go what to, what to look like this year whether i should go simply as myself and scare the heck out of anybody who sees me <laughs> or put on a costume so i haven't decided yet <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, another little interesting uh, story here. A uh, cat burglar crackdown has investment implications. As the U.S. Justice Department said, they bagged a California family, part of a trafficking ring that stole $600 million worth of catalytic converters from California cars and shipped them to New Jersey. Three members pleaded guilty to accepting some $38 million for these stolen components. Yeah, so catalytic converters <clears throat> contain platinum and other metals used in EV batteries and certain tech devices. And, uh, you know, we, we see that how precious some of these, uh, you know, components are and, and different manufacturing processes. So it goes all the way down to, to burglary and theft, Bob. I mean, so it's, it just shows that, you know, these, these commodities are needed. And, again, it supports some of the things we were talking about last week and the last couple of weeks about some of these mining stocks and, you know, how important these resources are to the growth of many, many industries. It also adds to the uh, fact that auto insurers are raising rates at a rather rapid amount. In fact, some auto insurance companies announced last week that they're not taking on any more new customers uh, because of the high cost of auto repair and in all the cars that are being lost in these various natural disasters. So it has an impact on the consumer, as well as the impact on those who have to go through the suffering of losing their catalytic converter. Uh, this winter time's coming. Vitamin C, you got to read a lot of that to feel, health, feel healthy, right? Well, according to uh, statistics, this year in Florida, some 300,000 acres are being dedicated to growing oranges. However, that's a little more than half of the acreage that was planted back only in 2000. Yeah, big changes, and, and really a lot of industries, Bob. And, you know, I always thought of Florida and oranges, but, again, half the crop that uh, used to come from Florida uh, is now coming there. And, again, a lot of that has to do with development and uh, natural disasters, as you mentioned, that are happening down there. So, again, and, and it changes. You know, when we have to import more, uh, you know, things like oranges, it definitely impacts cost as well, which impacts, the, you know, consumers' budgets. So. All these uh, all these factors kind of tie together when we're talking about you know consumption and expenditures. 
And North American Entertainment Tours. Some big ones are out there now. Taylor Swift, a lot of uh, old uh, hair rock groups are in their 70s doing their farewell tours. So according to uh, statistics, again, $120 is the average cost of a ticket to some 100 North American Live Entertainment Tours this year. That's twice as much as just back in 2009. Yeah, we pay a lot more for live entertainment. And we have a, an economy, a consumption economy that loves our live entertainment, Bob. There's the... Uh, People out there, as you said, paying paying high prices, and again, we'll see it today with NFL uh, Sunday. You know, live entertainment is is a big part of our, our culture and our and our economy. And the uh, cost of insuring a family through the employer health plans is up about seven percent this year, about twenty four thousand dollars per family. That again is the largest hike in the last uh, last more than ten years. And again, that impacts employers. You know, when you talk about the uh, stickiness of. Uh, Inflation, when you see these costs go up, and this isn't a cost that employers can get, you know, get rid of very quickly. I mean, you hire people, you give them these benefit packages, all those costs continue to go up. It impacts both the, the employer and, and the, you know, the ultimate employee. And again, we're, we're just seeing costs really throughout the system, Bob. It's getting harder and harder. And, uh, you know, for consumers out there, and it'll be interesting to see where this trend ends as we go forward the next few years. And, of course, the big retirement continues. The baby boomers continue to age out. According to the Mercer CFA Institute, the United States is uh, number 22 among 47 nations rated in the Mercer CFA Institute ranking of retirement. Yeah, we think we'd be higher. You know, I mean, with all the retirement planning we talk about, I know on Sunday, Bob, you have a couple shows to talk about retirement planning. But you think we do a lot better job at it? Um, we don't. And, again, there's a lot of people out there struggling as they head for retirement, haven't saved the funds that they need. And uh, so, again, retirement education is a big part of what we need to do a better job of. And, uh, you know, our group works really hard to get people prepared for retirement as well. And, you know, investments are a big part of uh, getting to the right place. And something that I just realized now I didn't know about, Rite Aid filed for bankruptcy last week. According to the S&P Global uh, uh, figures, about uh, 516 U.S. companies had declared bankruptcy in September alone, twice the number of insolvencies in the first nine months of 2022, and just shy of 518 in the first nine months of 2020, when the COVID-19 lockdowns forced many businesses to close down. Uh, again, what will that mean for not only uh, Rite Aid customers, but for that whole sector? Well, you know, insolvencies have ticked up, you know, I mean, low cash reserves, high debt. Um, this is where you really have to do your homework, Bob. And, and you know, we look at a lot of uh, consumer discretionary stocks, retail stocks are definitely in a very, very competitive industry, work on low margins, a lot of times have high debt, you know, as they continue to build out their, uh, their you know, where they, where they operate. So you got to really spend time to look at the, how strong a company is, financial power that they have, how much debt they carry. Uh, we've spent a lot of time, you know, checking over the, uh, the, the investments we put our money into. Once again, we're talking to Walt Secure of the AKW Group here on Invest Wisely. Time to shift over now to Stock Talk. Your opportunity to give us a call and talk to us about any particular stock issue that you're interested in. The number to call, 330-673-1234. Listening online, you can use our toll-free number if you wish, 800 669 Well, looking at some of the earning scorecards out there by FactSet, 17% of the S&P 500 companies have reported earnings. 73% of them have a positive EPS surprise, and 66% of S&P 500 companies have reported a positive revenue surprise. 
Yeah, we've seen some pretty decent results, Bob. As we said, these numbers are all lower. Analysts have been ratcheting down expectations over the past year, and but we're we're seeing decent numbers. Uh, you know, some companies are are exceeding expectations and putting up better numbers than what analysts expect, and that's always good for stock prices. Now, Tesla is a stock in your core equity portfolio. They reported their quarterly earnings, and immediately their stock price dropped over fifteen percent to around two hundred eleven dollars plus a share. Uh, their revenues rose at Tesla, but their profits dropped. So what do you think about Tesla now as a long-term hold? We still like Tesla, Bob. You know, I, again, you got to be an investor here. I, they're going to have their moments where they struggle. Uh, we saw that they've been competing on price. But you look at it, in less than a decade, this company went from a startup, really, that was struggling for survival to a globally recognized luxury automaker um, they're going to be a big player in the EV market. And again, global demands expect to reach about 40% of all car sales by 2030. Uh, they focused on in- innovation and automation. They're still a leader in autonomous driving, and we haven't even scratched the surface of what that may mean. Uh, they continue to use their brand now and have kind of started to sell insurance and other offerings using this strong brand. And again, if you think about solar generation and storage capacity as we go forward they're definitely going to participate this as well so you look at a quarter like this i mean they did 22 uh, 23.4 billion dollars uh, over 21.5 the year prior to 10 percent uh, revenue growth uh, profits were low for the quarter they lost about 37 percent in profits but at 211 i think the stock is you know fairly priced and great upside over the next five to ten years so we're, we're going to be a holder at tesla i just think innovation and uh, the company is going to be a leader in, in this part of the market, so we'll continue to hold here as we go forward. Let's take some calls now for Walt Secura of Akron's AKW Group here. You're on WNIR. Good morning. Konnichiwa. Surf's up at uh, Camp Ichiban. <laughs> hey, Konnichiwa, <laughs> Ken. <laughs> yeah, we, had, we had a storm yesterday, and uh, a 17-foot tide in front of my place is really stor- crashing against the uh, Granite boulders, wish wow. you were here. <laughs> All right, beautiful, probably a beautiful sight, huh? Yeah. Hey, I got a hot one. I was at the hardware yesterday, and I met an Uber driver, and he gave me a hot tip for, uh, plug this in, G-P-C-R, G-P-C-R, Structured Therapeutic. And uh, he said it's going to be a hot one, I, and I... Uh, I, I did a little research. I don't have this week's barons, but uh, my wife said it was up a few points. But it's been up about 12 for two weeks. But have you ever heard of structured therapeutics? It's one of these. They've got some real uh, cutting-edge uh, things going for it. And my wife says, well, if they found a cure for stupidity, I'm allowed to buy it. <laughs> well, Ken, I just, yeah, it's a, it's a new one. It's IPO'd, I think, earlier in the year. Um, I, I remember the name when it IPO'd, but I haven't really looked at it a lot. Um, again, no no profits here. Um, you know, revenues uh, actually not showing a lot on the revenue side either. But it says that they uh, develop small molecular therapeutics to treat a wide range of chronic diseases and unmet medical needs. I'm not sure. You know, I'm, I'm not sure stupidity's in there, but uh, yeah, this it's interesting. The stock shot straight up. I mean, and a lot of the IPOs don't do this, so I came out around 27 a share. It's at 67 now. I'll have to dive in and take a little harder look at it. I, I don't know a lot about it. Yeah, I, it, it's uh, strictly uh, speculation, but I, I have I have uh, 
I have Cirrus Radio, and uh, it takes me 17 hours to get here, so I'm on there listening to all these talking heads, and one guy made a pretty good, uh, that was his number one pick, and he seemed to know what he was talking about. But so, to, you know, there's a lot of people. Uh, Martha Stewart and Jim uh, Jim Kramer thought a lot of that app harvest because they had the best beefsteak tomatoes. So I bought it a couple of years ago, and now it's bankrupt. So everybody's got everybody's got these uh, great ideas, but uh, the, the moral of it is only put five percent of your portfolio in these blue sky uh, blue sky deals here. Anyway, yeah, limit, limit your risk. All right, there's always there's always a little bit of money that can go to speculation, but you got to be careful. Yeah. Okay. You guys have a good week. All right. Okay. Enjoy, Ken. Bye bye. Bye bye. Three three zero six seven three one two three four to talk to Walt Secure here on Stock Talk on Invest Wisely. Uh, Taiwan Semiconductor is also a holding in your core equity portfolio. They beat their expectations with their earnings report last week, reporting a third straight quarter though of uh, lower earnings and sales, but beat their views and their guidance for that particular quarter. Yeah, we really like Taiwan Semiconductor. I mean, there's some you know political risk here, obviously, with a very unstable world, but. Uh, you know, you look at this company, I mean, they're a leader in uh, semiconductors, and, uh, you know, we, we expect them to be able to slow down some of the capital expenditures, uh, maybe do a little bit more with, you know, re- rewarding shareholders, focusing on that share price, getting the dividends up uh, maybe over the next few years. Again, good expectations as we look forward. So, I mean, again, this is a little bit more of a risky one. It is in our core equity portfolio. It's, uh, you know, the one tech stock we kind of, you know, pay a lot of attention to because it is a Taiwanese company. And as we said, there's there's risk overseas there, Bob. You got to pay attention, especially with China. Um, but again, we, we like Taiwan Semiconductor and, and the long-term nature of the stock at this point. And uh, Johnson & Johnson, another uh, holding that you have uh, with your core equity portfolio and also Abbott Laboratories, they also topped their third quarter forecasts and raised their guidance for the uh, rest of 2023. Yeah, Johnson and Johnson's a diverse healthcare company here, and again, they've done a lot, Bob. They're battling through their talc litigation. Um, they got about eight point nine billion dollars uh, set aside to settle those claims, and surprisingly, they won about seventy-five percent of those claims. The forty talc cases that are out there continue to work through that. They spun off their consumer uh, products division. They're really focused on. Uh, Pharmaceuticals and medical devices here. They they have a blockbuster medications coming out uh, as far as immunology drugs and cancer drugs. Uh, they spent a lot of money uh, on R and D and again very uh, very innovative uh, you know devices out there medical devices surgical tools robotic instruments uh, even contact lens development and this company is uh, you know sixty years of dividend increases Bob. Uh, 60 years in a row, they've increased their dividend. The last three years, they've been increasing at about 6%. Uh, so, again, this is the kind of stock we like. It's been a part of our core uh, portfolio, and it'll continue to be. And uh, looking at another stock in your core equity portfolio, Procter & Gamble. They reported earnings per share rose 17%. Sales went up 6%, the third straight quarter of accelerating growth for P&G. The stock also rose solidly. Yeah, again, this is one of those steady eddies, uh, leader in household and personal care. Um, you know, you look at they got about 20% of the baby care market, 60% of razor blades, 25% of feminine protection, uh, protection products, 35% of the fabric care market out there. So, again, a big player in all those markets. 
Um, they've reduced their brands. They used to about to have 100 brands, Bob. They're down to 65. A lot of them are billion-dollar brands. Uh, again, 69 years of dividend increases. The last three, they've raised at about almost 6.75%. So uh, this is this is the kind of stock we build around in our core equity model. I mean, these are the kinds of stocks that, you know, we like to own. It gives us some peace of mind. We, we know that, you know, People do certain things every day. You, you got to shave. You, you know, you got to got to do the laundry. You, you got to clean your house. Um, you know, babies need diapers. I mean, these are the kinds of things that just don't go away. And another stock, Netflix. Uh, they are doing pretty well, I guess, with their new uh, uh, content. They smashed expectations for its new subscribers in the third quarter, adding almost nine million for a total of two hundred forty-seven plus million subscribers to their streaming service. Yeah, and Bob, you know, Netflix is out of all the content providers out there. They're, they're doing a good job. And, uh, again, big growth for the quarter, a global brand, you know, a lot of, a lot of users around the world. And, and I was fascinated the more I dive in, just this company is really a data company. I mean, they have so much analytics on viewership and how people watch and what devices they use and, you know, with the kind of content that people's eyes are attracted to. And when you, when you have a lot of data and you, and you become a really strong data management company, it just helps you develop better product, better content, better offerings, uh, you know, as you go forward. So I think people miss that with Netflix. Uh, you know, they don't understand the technology and the innovation that's behind a lot of the development of where Netflix has added. And, again, we, we like the company here. I mean, they, they showed some improvement and you know compared to a lot of the content companies out there you know they, they seem to be doing a really good job a couple other quick shots here lockheed martin reported that a 1.5 percent eps decline with revenue up two percent to some 16.9 billion both topping their uh, quarter views for the third quarter uh, does that mean that defense stocks are maybe a good place to look as they continue to see all this a war and a uh, uh, conflict around the world well, we, we see a very unstable world, and again, you know, I think all these the defense stocks probably have some opportunities as we go forward. Uh, you know, the, the, these products are needed, and Lockheed Martin is a leader. Uh, we've also been looking at Northrop Grumman, uh, Harris, uh, L3. Uh, there, there's a lot of good players out there, Bob. Raytheon uh, is falling quite a bit, uh, so... I think there's some good opportunities out there for defense. And, again, I, I don't think defense is going anywhere. No, no matter what kind of Congress we have, uh, they've always approved defense spending and in defense increases. And you look at the amount of aid that we're giving now to Ukraine and Israel. I mean, I, I just think there, you know, there's going to be a lot of opportunity in defense. Uh, so it's an industry we're, we're really dove into and we're going to spend a lot of time looking at uh, here over the next few months. Now, we talked about your small mid-cap portfolio last week. Of course, this has not been a good time for small mid-cap stocks. The Russell 2000 alone lost more than 20% last year and is now in a negative returns about 1.18%, uh, minus 1.18% this year. What do you think about small and mid-cap stocks? Do they still have a place in your portfolio? And what would be some of your favorites now? Well, we like we like the small mid-cap portfolio, Bob, even though it hasn't performed well and, and those stocks haven't performed if you're an investor, if you're thinking out over to five to seven years, you know, we continue to believe in the small mid-cap portfolio. We think it's a great time uh, to c- commit some money. As Ken said earlier, you got to watch the amount of allocation you put towards any type of investment. Uh, every individual is different. So the, one of the things we do is sit down with people and figure out how much should be in various types of a risk. And 
for a lot of clients, you know, 10 to 20% in small mid caps is, is probably plenty. Uh, but again, there's, there's lots of opportunities here. Uh, we, we like this portfolio a lot. We've been working hard on it. Um, you know, one stock that we just bought last week is, week is Dexcom. Uh, they're an innovative medical company. They do a lot of the monitoring of, um, you know, blood sugar and, uh, insulin, uh, you know, that is needed to treat, uh, you know, diabetes. And, you know, I, I know these new drugs, Ozempic and like, you know, those, those are uh, taking a lot of the headlines, but again, Dexcom with where the stock has dropped is a very attractive offering. And again, they, they make those devices, Bob, that people put on their arms that, you know, enable you to see in real time, you know, how those levels are, uh, blood sugar levels are. And again, we, we find this a pretty fascinating technology and one a stock that we really like. And again, just to mention that Walden and his group there do more than just pick stocks. They are actually a full-service wealth management firm with lots of potential intelligence and widespread capabilities to work with. In fact, you often say that any questions people have about finance or money or, or retirement planning, they should give you a call. Absolutely. We're always available. We love to talk to people. Give us a call. We're, we're willing to help. Walt Secure and his team at the AKW Group in Fairlawn. Call them locally, 234-466-7476, 234 466 7476 and tell him you heard him on WNIR Kent Akron. So now we're into the middle of October. What are you going to be looking for next week? Well, Bob, we're working on a lot of our clients' RMDs and near end planning and a lot of earnings reports next week. Big tech. We got Microsoft, Google, um, Amazon, Meta, and then some oil companies like Exxon, uh, Pharmaceuticals, Bristol Myers. Lots of stocks to pay attention to. Thank you much, Walt. I'm Bob Lewis. During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed. Abbott Laboratories, symbol ABT. Amazon.com, symbol AMZN. Bristol-Myers Squibb Company, symbol BMY. Dexcom, Inc., symbol DXCM. Exxon Mobil Corporation, symbol XOM. Johnson & Johnson, symbol J&J. L3 Harris Technologies, symbol LHX. Lockheed Martin Corporation, symbol LMT. Meta Platforms, Inc., symbol META. Microsoft Corporation, symbol MSFT. Netflix, Inc., symbol NFLX. Northrop Grumman Corporation, symbol NOC. The Procter & Gamble Company, symbol PG. RTX, symbol RTX. Cirrus Satellite Radio, Inc., symbol SIRI. Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing, symbol TSM. Tesla, Inc., symbol TSLA. Please note that Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated makes a market in all the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast.